Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Riley Brightfield Show. I am your host, Riley Brightfield. Street name is Titties, man. I got diabetes. I love sports gambling. I love changing the world. That's just who I am as a person. Many more things. I believe in unicorns. I believe in dragons. I believe in mermaids. I believe that our government fucking sucks. I mean, you name it, I probably believe it because can't ever have too much knowledge. But welcome to the show. If this is your first time, I'm a crazy bastard. Um, you can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube as well. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. You can find me on Instagram, Riley Brakefield, Twitter, Titties DM, TikTok, Riley Brakefield. Same thing. I'm not exactly sure about the spelling of any of those because I'm not one of those people that remembers my handle because I'm not a complete self-absorbed asshole all the time. I am an egotistical piece of shit at times, but that's mostly who I am as a person. I am here for jokes. I'm here for anything. So let's get into today's show. Quite a few news topics to hit. Um, got quite a bit uh, going on in the sports world. We're going to talk about the Twitter files again. Bunch of releases as of late. I'll make my top five. Uh, I don't want to give it away yet. I don't want to give it away. I'm breaking a top five, something that I think everyone's going to like. It's going to be a hilarious clip, in my opinion. I think it'll be absolutely thrilling and exhilarating and many other words of that sort. That's just that. <clears throat> a couple uh, college football takeaways. The Heisman takeaway, Navy Army game. Um, talk about my cleavage report, how bad that went. Uh, a couple of college basketball thoughts from the weekend. You know, a couple of games I'm looking forward to this week in college basketball. Then my top, uh, my favorite, not my top, my, my favorite, not my favorite either. Just a couple of takeaways from the NFL weekend. A couple of those. And finish it off with just my thoughts. Should be a good one. Stick around. I hope you enjoy the show. And if you're a new friend, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. All you got to do, send it to your mother, your parents, whatever you got to do. Just send it to someone. Spread the good word that Riley Brakefield is speaking, speak, spreading the gospel. Let's start there. Um, I was going to, you know, give a little thoughts about this early window of the Patriots-Cardinals game here, but uh, for some reason my computer, YouTube TV is not working, so I don't really know how that game's going, nor do I really care. So that's just that. But first off, I really want to start this show off, you know, prayers out to uh, Mike Leach and his family, uh, Mike Leach said to have a health issue at his home on Sunday. There's been kind of a couple different port reports. Some saying it's critical, you know. No matter what, I hope I hope old, uh, the old pirate pulls through. The world of college football without him would be a shame. Um, pretty young guy still, so just praying for him and his family. Hopefully that's a speedy recovery and that everything's okay and he can continue to coach because he's one of the best there is in the game. That's I don't care what anyone says. He's he's won everywhere he's went. He's, he's absolute comedy as well. So I'm hoping that Mike Leach pulls through and uh, comes out healthy on this one. Sticking in the college sports world, uh, Texas head basketball coach Chris Beard was arrested this morning on third-degree felony assault charges of a family member. So more than likely his tenure at Texas is done. More than likely he should probably, I would think, spend some jail time. I'm not sure, but... Uh, Bad luck, man. Bad luck. It's crazy how much this stuff happens within college athletics and athletics as a whole. Not everyone's a good person. That's all you got. That's all I got to say about that. A little bit of controversy over the weekend with the UFC 282. Patty, Patty the Fatty pulled out the win. You know, he said that he won. The judges it was a unanimous decision that he won. I don't even know who his opponent was, but his opponent did have more significant strikes. But whatever. We we ride Patty the Batty. Patty the Batty's the winner. So. That's what the unanimous decision of the judges says. Then I'm gonna rock with that. I think. I think that I think that they know a little bit more about fighting than a couple of Twitter trolls. In my opinion on that. In the NBA world, though, man, 
moving shifting a little there. Not much to talk about because I can't watch a lot of NBA, but just the the drama that the Pelicans ensued after Zion uh, did a windmill dunk to close out the game. I think that was on Friday night. You know, pull off the upset in a sense against the Suns. Beat the they beat the crap out of them. I mean, the Suns got upset about it and then saying you know build up all this momentum around the game and then come Sunday, Pelicans beat them again and win to overtime. But Pelicans once again <coughs> found a way to get the job done. Something in my throat again. I swear to God, I always got something tickling in the back of my throat. So freaking annoying. But yeah, Pelicans beat the Suns twice. You know, they're looking really, really good right now out in the West. So see how their team progresses. I mean, tons of talent on that Pelicans roster as a whole, dude. Zion, Brandon, CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, fucking Jonas Falcons, Junis. I mean, there's just, there's dudes all on that roster and they're just, they're gelling. They're playing really good basketball right now. Grant Wall was a journalist for Sports Illustrated. I believe he was doing more freelance work now, um, covering a lot more soccer. Um, he was uh, he passed away over the weekend, and I you know I use the term "passed away" very loosely because there's a lot of people that think that it uh, was a foul play. It was at hand here mostly, in fact, to the guy was in full health. I mean, he's posting workout videos, you know. He looked to be a guy that was in shape, but the reason that many people are suspecting this is because he had tried to wear like a gay pride shirt into one of the matches, and you know, obviously that's not allowed there. It's been a lot of talk about that. So then they ultimately said he couldn't come to the game. They detained him for a while, and then he just kind of mysteriously in full health. No, hit, no known issues were found. He just kind of passed away at the game on Saturday or Friday night. I can't remember. Obviously a horrible situation, but at the same time, I, I mean, I know no one's saying this, and I almost feel bad saying it. The guy almost wrote his death sentence, though, you know. There was so much hatred and criticism around, you know, the way that, how that was going to go, the no gay stuff, the no sex stuff, the you know, alcohol, like the whole shebang was going on there. It's sad that the guy is dead. It's obviously a horrible tragedy, but at the same time, how can you not look at it as like, what What were you thinking? I, I don't know. I, I feel bad for the guy's family. His brother posted a video saying he thinks about plays at hand as well. Hopefully if it was, you know, it can get figured out, but just a sad, sad deal. And it seemed like he was a very beloved, very beloved journalist. You know, a lot of people, he'd worked with a lot of people. A lot of people loved him. So sad tragedy. Hopefully, you know, justice gets gets served on that. Moving away from a country that, you know, doesn't like shit, doesn't like fun shit, apparently, and don't like sex either. Indonesia has uh, banned premarital sex to all, anyone within their borders of their country. So if, even if you're a guest and, you know, you're not married to your girlfriend or boyfriend and they find out you have sex, you might be in jail or you might die. Who knows? So basically, if you're planning a trip to Indonesia, think about canceling it if you're not married to the person that you're going with. Or if you're just looking to have sex with them. Don't go to Indonesia. Take 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 the hose somewhere else. Take the hose to Atlanta. Don't take the hose to Ind Indonesia. You know, don't don't be playing any tricky games here. You know, take them to England or something like that. Just don't don't take the don't be taking the hose to Indonesia. You know, keep it under wraps. Don't go to Indonesia. Don't know how many times I say it. Don't go to Indonesia because the chances that you have sex are probably pretty high. You know, if you're feeling a little frisky, you're gonna go in and have sex. They might have a camera set up in your room. Yeah, invasion of privacy. But I don't know the laws over there. They're going to see you having sex. Next thing you're going to wake up with a with a gun pointed at your head because you had sex. 
Is it really that important to bust a nut? Absolutely, 100%. It always is. You always got to bust one, you got to bust one. But, you know, just don't do it in Indonesia because you might die. Unless you're married. Then bust all you want. Just bust, 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 bust. I mean, even if you're taking your person you're having an affair with, take them there, but make sure they have a ring on. You know, maybe make up a fake marriage certificate or something just so you don't have to worry about it. So your wife finds out and she's like, hey, yeah, Jerry in room 432, yeah, he's there with his whore Kathleen. Can you go in there and shoot them in the head, please? And then you're screwed. We'll see. Just be careful if you're going to Indonesia. That's the moral of the story, I guess. You know, I don't know. Talk about a little bit of the cleavage report here before I get into little Twitter files and stuff like that. Cleavage report didn't do too bad. I went uh, three and five. No, no pushes or nothing like that. I mean, not spectacular, I guess you could say. You know, I was obviously right. Arizona, Indiana, that overhit. And if if you're new here to the show and you don't know what the cleavage report is, it's a little segment I do, um, I don't do it on the podcast, but a little video I do, I put it on my Instagram, my Twitter, my TikTok, you know, just gambling advice, the picks I'm rocking with, what I'm feeling like is going to win. It never usually does. It seems like I'm a horrible gambler, but I love it. It's fun. I love watching games for a different reason other than just rooting for, for, for a guy or, you know, a team. It makes sports a lot more, a lot more fun, a lot more fun better, you know, a lot more fun better. But yeah, Arizona, Indiana got the over there. Um, St. Mary's, I got, I, predicted they would upset San Diego State, which they did. The Gales are a hell of a team. Almost cracked in the top 25 this week. They were a couple votes shy. I think they were sitting at about 27 or 28. So Gales are a team to watch out for out there in the WCC. Obviously the pick that I nailed to perfection. It was one of my nipple picks. I love a good nipple pick. 49ers minus 3.5. They obviously destroyed the Bucks. That one hit easy. Army-Navy, that under screwed me. I mean, of course, the one time that I fucking say something about the game to talk about that that game and talk about, you know, the under always hits. Of course, the one time that I bet the under in my entire 23 years of life, the game goes into overtime and the under doesn't hit. So it really made me, like, question if I'm a mush or not or just question everything in life. It sucks. You know, you'd, hate, you'd hate to lose those. Obviously, I had a couple blunders. Liberty plus 38 and a half. I really thought they were going to keep it close with UConn, but UConn's just a different breed this year, man. They've been they've been unreal, and they're going to be a tough team to beat this year if they can keep this momentum rolling. Chargers and Dolphins, that over sucked. I, don't, I thought for sure both teams were going to come out slinging the rock, but that just did not, did not happen. Oklahoma money line sucked. Eric Musselman, I was talking about how good of a coach he was on Thursday or Friday's show, and then I turn around and bet against him. Like, who the fuck am I? Who do I think that I am? I'm not God. I need to stop trying to be God. Like, what the? Who in their right mind praises someone and then bets against them the next week? Only my fucking dumbass, dude. Terrible thing, but whatever. We'll move on from it. And obviously, last one, Vikings, money line. That one, I really thought they'd battle through adversity. But they did So I'll talk a little bit more about that one as well here in a little bit. Kind of in my NFL takeaways. So, you know, stick around. Stick around for that. But we got lots and lots of Twitter file stuff to get in here to today. You know, I'm not the smartest person in the world. I can't always give the the best opinion or get – I don't know how to comprehend either. I'm pretty bad at comprehension. I know that when my mom would go do uh, parent-teacher conferences, it was always, you know, Riley's comprehension really sucks, and I've always had that comprehension. I can have a conversation with anyone and take away three things when they told me ten things. I'm just a little slow. I'm a little stupid. It happens, you know. Whatever. We'll move on. But so if you listen to this, you listen to the Twitter files, things that I got to say here and takeaways. So kind of a rundown of what 
what exactly is in them so you don't have to necessarily go through and read them all if you're not too totally interested but you are interested at the same time you don't listen to my sweet sweet voice tell you about what's going on i know you do i know you love this you know when i you, when we talk dirty too you know i like to say i like to say the curse words i like to say the fuck word you know you, i got a dirty voice you're gonna stick around you're gonna like it so part two blacklist basically what the blacklist was was it was curated by twitter employees you know blacklisting people that and shadow banning you know the same type of thing people that they didn't necessarily agree with that they didn't like the content they were pushing out you know it didn't was more conservative leaning, obviously, per fucking usual, like everyone was saying the whole time. But list created, you know, just mo mostly going through it. It was just basically saying, you know, how Twitter employees wanted to decent, de suppress, you know, conservative viewpoints, conservative talk show hosts, stuff like that. You know, Charlie Kirk, Dan Bongino, I don't know, I think that's how you say his name. They were two that were used as examples, and there was also a doctor in there. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm not even going to try, but he was basically saying how the COVID lockdowns were bad for kids. He got part of the blacklist, basically just showing everything that everyone believed, you know, speaking out against the Democrat Party, speaking out against COVID, the stuff that everyone knew was getting them shadow banned or restricted or suppressed, basically confirming that all of that was true. So big, big W, and, you know, it just gets messier and messier when you look at the politics of it all. It's really bad. Moving to part three, you know, part three is more about the removal of Trump leading up to January 8th when he was <clears throat> ultimately banned. You know, that's kind of what part four and part five go into. Part three kind of just showing more of the details, more leading up to kind of like making it an easier decision for Twitter to deplatform Trump, to block his account, to delete his account from tweeting basically. You know, and it it was taught. There was a lot of talk about it, and it showed some suppression of his tweets leading up to the election. So you know, kind of playing a part in the election. You know, you're allowing one side to voice how they feel. You know, a lot more people are going to see that, and the more you see of one thing, the more your your mind will start to change and be like, you know, that that's a good idea. Oh, that's a different perspective. I never thought of it that way. You know, it allows for your mind to change. A lot of what I think Elon Musk is trying to do with Twitter to open up the conversations to allow for the change and i'm totally for it. that's what i want out of our world i want to be i want to be a country that's more like 50 50 more people sitting in the independent column than there is democrat democratic republican or republican you know allow for more in the middle than like okay this candidate's better than that candidate because it aligns a little bit more with what i believe and i think they can kind of help guide us in that direction rather than just voting blue or red because that's how you feel and that's part of your identity more change the world and that's what i think is going to happen on twitter allow for more discussion allow for more conversation allow for things like this the, the twitter files to come out and shed light on the fact that there's there's collusion there's deplatforming there's censorship there's shadow banning there's these blacklists the, all these things that so many people have said are true and they think that they're true but no substantial proof until now it just shows that people were single-handedly altering how we as Americans view what's going on in our own country because they're only showing one side. It's not fair. It's not right. It only is going to make us worse. It's going to turn us into fucking Mexico in no time. No offense, Mexico. I know you guys are rebuilding, but you know what I mean? Like we're going to be a third world country if we just allow for one side of the, the aisle to get their viewpoint. It's 
I've said before, I'm I'm more Republican, more conservative. But over the past couple of years, I've moved more to the middle because politics are stupid. I mean, yes, there's things that I want to see change. There's things that I want to, you know, get rid of. But leaning fully into one party is stupid. That's just putting myself in a box and not allowing for my for my brain to be open to new ideas, be open to change. I'm just putting my own self, my own brain in a box. Like that's loser mentality, you know what I mean? Like meet more in the middle, see what we can do to come together, see what we can do to be leaders and men and women of this country and lead the next generation into prosperity. That's all you can ask for. But then, you know, moving into more of part four, it's, it's you know, a lot of the same detailing what part three was, you know, a lot of the, the leading up to what Trump was doing, that they didn't like it, that they were finding ways to get rid of him. I mean, they were changing policies. They were doing all sorts of stuff, you know, and it's funny because you, you go through and you're reading all these threads and then you see this part right here where it's like in 2018, Twitter came out and said they would not de-platform or, de or suppress. I don't know why people want to say desensitize. That's not right. Suppress, de-platform, any, what were the exact words? They don't want to de-platform or block anybody that's a world leader because that it would hide important info and necessary discussion. Like I just said, something that Elon is trying to change about Twitter. They said in 2018 that they wouldn't do that. But then things got, they weren't happy with Trump being president or whatever the case may be. You know, the more things he said, the more things that they didn't agree with. It was like, okay, but let's get rid of him. Okay, let's put, but we have the power. We have the power. We have the power. We have the power, you know. And then they started, de they started suppressing his tweets for leading up to the election. You know, they just keep inching, 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 finding their way, finding their way, finding their way. And then ultimately, January 6th happens. A lot of people, a lot of celebrities, a lot of talking heads, a lot of people in power were like, you know, this is all Trump's fault. He's the one that did this. He's the one that did that. And so then on January 7th, you know, a lot more discussions are happening. Policies are being changed. Um, you know, a lot more people putting pressure on CEO Jack Dorsey to make a decision to get rid of Trump because it's not a... He's the sole reason that January 6th happened. You know, all all that kind of stuff. Ultimately, leading up to what part five is, is just kind of goes more into the details of why and how Trump got banned. A lot more of the same. You know, I didn't read too much into it. I scrolled a couple and I saw the same, same type of thing. I was like, I think I can draw a conclusion. Basically, what this last installment of the, the Twitter files was, was to show that people at Twitter were interfering with our election, interfering with uh, the president of the United States. I mean, it's not like they, you know, you do that to Biden, the other half of the country would riot. Totally fair. Totally understandable. I've never agreed with what Twitter did in banning Trump. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was unfair. It's just ridiculous to me. It's like, what's what's the fucking point? You're, you're making our country worse. It just kind of goes through all that, you know. I, I definitely check it out. Like I said, I don't know if I necessarily gave the best information. I'm just kind of taking my takeaways from it and sharing my thoughts. So go check it out for yourself if you want to get look more into the details, you know, of the, the meat and bones and the potatoes or whatever the saying is. We get a, a little bit better understanding of that. i take a drink of water here first, dude. I am fucking perched. I'm always parched. What am I getting? I fucking took three gummies before I got in here. I like getting fucking rich, bud. I just like getting ripped, and I like talking. And when I'm ripped, I feel like I can talk to myself because I'm just sitting here in my office talking to myself and no one else. So that's a necessary part, you know. If I'm high, at least I'm talking to myself in my brain, so it's a conversation that's bouncing off of 
each other, right? Makes sense. I don't know. Maybe I have schizophrenia. Who knows? I could have anything. I mean, I already got diabetes. I beat a couple other diseases. I won't say what those diseases are. Nothing sexual, just other common diseases that people have had. I beat those. I, I beat the odds, and here I am. So, but this week, my top five. My top five people I would love to fight. People that just grind my gears, I want to fight them. Point blank period. Let's get into it. Number five, John Legend. Everything about John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, I hate those two. I believe that they're child sex traffickers. I believe that they're fucking pedophiles. I believe that they're absolute weirdos. They're everything that's wrong with this country. They're everything that's wrong with celebrities. The only reason John Legend is on here is because he can't hit a woman. I, res- I have enough respect for Chrissy Teigen to not hit her. But that's what I got a wife for. So me and my wife, we could take team John Legend and Chris- Chrissy Teigen. But number five has to be John Legend. I would love to just, you know, just give him one. So that's number five. Number four, LeBron. He'd probably kick my ass. I mean, he's like 6'9", 250. But I would just love to fight him because he's brought me many years of pain, many years of suffering, many years of anger. You know, everything about him I hate. Not everything. I, I, I understand he's probably a good dude. He's just a liar, and he's always looking for attention, and he always beat the Celtics when I needed him not to. He always won the NBA Finals when I didn't want him to. So number four is LeBron. I would love to fight him, but he probably would kill me. Probably couldn't even touch him. He's got a lot of security. But LeBron, if you're open, dude, when you retire, I'll set up as like a celebrity boxing match, you know? The multi-million dollar athlete or billion dollar athlete for the kid who only has like 10 followers on his podcast. Can't say it'd be a bad fight. I'd put up put up an effort. I wouldn't quit. I'm not a quitter. That's all I got to say. Number three, though, has to be Dr. Anthony Fauci. Talk a little bit more about the stuff with him on Twitter and how many people are coming to his defense, but if you don't know that Fauci was basically a complete buffoon and complete joker of whatever his title is, then I don't, then may God rest your soul. That's all I got to say. But Anthony Fauci's number three. I'd love to, I'd love to fight him. Just would. I mean, you can call me crazy, call me a loser, call me, I don't even know what you want, whatever you want to call me, any of those words, I will gladly put them as labels on myself and I will beat up Dr. Anthony Fauci. So let's set it up. Number two, Tom Hanks, mostly because I believe that he is a pedophile. I've been saying it for a while now. You know, the crazy thing to me is when all that pedophile stuff came out with Jeffrey Epstein, Tom Hanks' name was on that list many times. You know, he fled the country, and then he got citizenship in Greece, and Greece has recently just legalized child pedophilia, I'm pretty sure. Why do I always say child pedophilia? It's just, pedoph- it's just being a pedophile. But I believe Tom Hanks is a pedophile, so that's why he's number two. I'd love to beat him. Number one. The person I would love to fight the most in my life goes out to none other than my best friend, Peyton Anderson. Peyton, I know you're watching this right now. I would love to kick your ass when I come home in May. Let's set it up. Me and you, we're just gonna go. We're just gonna go old school bare knuckle boxing. We're just gonna fight it out just for fun because I love and miss you. But I always wanted to beat the shit out of you. So there it is. My top five people I would love to fight the most. Hope there's no hard feelings to anybody with that one. But Peyton, I hope there are hard feelings. I would love to beat the shit out of you, bro. Love you, though. Kind of kisses. Kick your ass. A lot of other bad words, you know, but that's just how it be, man. Now moving on to a couple of college football, a couple of college basketball takeaways, you know, Navy, Army game, obviously the overhit there, but kind of more the bigger story coming out of that game is head coach Ken Niamalto. Niamalto, I think is how you say his last name. Been at Navy for a very, very long time. Ultimately, was fired over the weekend. Don't really know. I didn't see too too much about it. Probably just, you know, 
part boys, time to go, kind of thing. Navy's been good, Navy's been bad, but you never know. You know, with the with the service schools like that, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. But excited to see him go. Just see who Navy hires as their new head coach, though. Caleb Williams won the Heisman this weekend, beat out Max Duggan. Duggan took second. You know, a lot of the crazy thing coming from this is everyone still is like, how does Stetson Bennett get more votes for first place than Hendon Hooker? Absolutely doesn't make sense to hardly anyone. Doesn't make sense to me. I thought Hendon Hooker deserved to be there. The kid was at one point, I think, the best collegiate football player all year long. You know, still played okay against Georgia. Was playing okay against South Carolina until he got hurt. Jeez, hiccup. Here we go again. Every show, man. Every time I go to record, I always get a hiccup. But to me, I, th- I think they got it right. I think it should have been either Caleb Williams or Max Duggan. I leaned more Max Duggan after the Big 12 game just because of the way he kind of put that team on his back and really gave them a chance to win. Um, but I think Caleb definitely deserves it. He had a hell of a year. You know, he's one of the he's one of the best players all year, and there's only two losses, the one-point loss to Utah. You know, he had an absolute game there, the game in the Pac-12 championship. He's out there battling his injuries. The only reason they got blown out is because the defense sucks. So I think that he definitely deserved it. He had an awesome quote from this game. He's like, yeah, I won the Heisman, but the other three quarterbacks, obviously C.J. Stroud, Stetson Bennett, Max Duggan, all playing in the playoff. He was like, you know, I won the Heisman, but you guys all get to go play in the playoff, so it's a lot cooler. So I thought that was a cool quote, and it, I mean, it's, it's true. So that's kind of all that's been going on with college football. Talk more about bowl games on uh, Friday's show. Talk about the ones that will be over the weekend and stuff that I'm going to be watching and be betting on. I'm probably not going to watch them all. I'll probably just bet on them because I like to spend money on gambling and hopefully win money. Whether I never do, but you know, that's just how it goes. A couple, couple of college basketball things. Alabama, for the second time this year, Nate Oates and the Crimson Tide upset the number one team in the country, this time at Houston's home arena. <sighs> the only takeaway I really have from it is Alabama's playing unreal basketball right now, and they'd be, they're another team I'm looking at it possibly taking the future to win a natty. Still going to ride North Carolina all, all, all day long. I know that they'll figure it out, but. Definitely a team to watch out for. I'm I'm definitely interested to see you know how the rest of the season plays out for them. I mean they beat a lot of really good teams and they're playing really good basketball. So we'll see what happens with them. Speaking of Alabama, can't talk about Alabama without talking about Auburn. Auburn get upset as well this weekend, unlike Alabama, but like Houston, that's the connection. That's why I said that. Um, they got upset by Memphis. You know Memphis, they're a good program. You know, Penny, he's kind of been up and down since his tenure has been there but kind of a big win for them Auburn was ranked 11th at the time so a good a good win for the Memphis Tigers Purdue they improved to 10 and 0 they now slide into the number one spot in the country you know I'm really I was saying on Friday's show I think this might be the real legit team that Matt Painter has this year that can actually make a run at a final four and actually live up to all this hype that uh, Matt Painter squads have had for many many years now so Definitely watch out for Purdue. I love fucking Zach Eady in the middle, dude. That kid is a dominant force. A dominant force. Then I'm going to talk a couple. There's only two basketball games, college basketball ones, that I, I think are kind of important this week. Um, Tuesday night, Memphis going to number four, Alabama. You know, both teams obviously off fresh off of big wins this year. Alabama being number two in the country. Memphis just got a you know top 15 team win. Looking really good, you know. It's kind of the line sitting at six and a half right now. This one's kind of just going to be, you know, both these teams fresh off a big win. How do they respond? Are they 
ready to go or are they like holy shit we just got this big win kind of lackluster not coming out playing with energy playing with motivation because oh we already had a big win you know can we do it again you know is it a letdown spot for alabama you know looking past memphis even though memphis is still a really good basketball game they've only lost two games like i said like i was talking about penny man penny's always brought in really good talent to memphis so that's gonna be a fun one to watch tonight actually yeah because this is gonna come out tomorrow morning. so tonight watch it tonight alabama versus memphis that should be i think it should be a good one i i'm kind of leaning possibly taking alabama minus six and a half tomorrow night but I might go Memphis plus six and a half. I could see Memphis coming out playing a little bit more inspired. You know, I'm, I'm feeling more of a letdown spot for Alabama than a letdown spot for Memphis in this one. Wednesday night's going to have a good game, uh, top 20 matchup, UCLA versus Maryland. Talking about UCLA on Friday's show, you know, Tiger Campbell, Hami Hawkins, you know, Mick Cronin really has himself a solid team again this year, a team that can make a run, tons of talent, but Maryland's not a team they overlook. Although, Maryland's been in kind of a dry spell here. They've lost their last two, but they've only put up less than 60 in both of those games. That's the trend I was noticing. But in every game they've won this year, they've put up at least 70, including two, two wins against Illinois and Miami. Both teams really good. Illinois is ranked. Miami's not, but Miami's a team that I, it's a fringe team that can make a run in the tournament. So I'm definitely excited to see this. Is if Maryland, you know, if they're in kind of a downhill turn, where their program's at, if they just came out hot and things are falling apart for them, you know, three in a row, three in a row is not a good look. You know, they're going to get this game at home, a future Big Ten matchup that we're watching right before our eyes. We'll just see what uh, how UCLA comes out. And I still think UCLA is the top ten team in the country. I think they'll prove that towards down the stretch at the end of the season. But interesting to see how Maryland comes out and if they respond, you know, to two straight losses, or if they just are kind of in a downhill spin and just going to get worse and worse and worse. So we'll see. Now for a couple, a uh, little bit of a uh, little couple, uh, yeah, a little couple uh, NFL thoughts. I was doing that on purpose. It wasn't because my brain wasn't working. I was doing that on purpose, I think. I don't know. My brain might not have been working. The Bills, they took care of business, man. Beat the Jets 20-12. to 12. Um, But I'm really leaning towards Mike White being the guy. Um, and he was getting kind of beat up, you know, got hurt. Brought Flacco in here and there, a couple things like that. But I don't know why I said things like that. That's what they did. <clears throat> but still, he had a good game. He only sacked three times. That's not horrible. Um, had 268 passing yards, no touchdowns. But to me, he's looking like he might be the guy for the future. You know, I think the Jets can keep him on a low salary the next couple of years, continue to build up their roster, continue to put pieces in place around him. And then I think you can see a lot of success from the Jets with Mike White, Mike White at quarterback. We'll see, though, but I, I think that might be the, the right move for their future. Speaking of quarterback controversy, I'm beginning to wonder if Brock Purdy might be the guy. Um, you know, he didn't do he didn't do too cra- didn't do too crazy, didn't do too much. He, um, you know, that's something with Kyle Shanahan's offense, so you don't necessarily need a quarterback to do too much, you know, with as many skilled position players and weapons that this team has. Um, but still, he threw 185, two touchdown passes, you know, two 20-plus yard deep balls that Jimmy G has never thrown. Um, I think that, uh, you know, if he kind of goes on a run here and Fortnite's even won a Super Bowl, I think there's going to be a lot of tough conversation about who the starting quarterback is going into next year if they're going to, if Brock continues to perform and, you know, kind of take this job away. Do they trade Trey Lance? Do they hold on to Trey Lance? What do they do? I mean, this 49er quarterback room has kind of been, up and down for the past couple of years, but if Brock Purdy continues to ball out, I think that he might be the guy. So hopefully they stick with him.
Joe Burrow and the Bengals finally got past the Browns and beat them this weekend. Looking good, like I said, man. They're catching. They're catching traction, maybe. I always forget these stupid cliche saying Shane, you stupid cliche sayings. Always forget these stupid cliche, cli, cliche, cliche sayings. Wow. <clears throat> but they got the job done, you know. Once again, the Browns can't find a way to put the ball in the end zone. Deshaun Watson obviously has had too much time away from football. It makes every football fan happy. It makes every sexual assault victim happy. So hopefully the Browns continue to be absolute dog piss. We'd love to see it. I just got to say real quick, I was wrong about the Vikings. I thought that they, all that adversity they battled all year long would come through again against the Lions. That's not the case because the Lions are the hottest team in football right now. They're just finding a way to get the job done week in and week out. The offense is carried up. The defense is making some plays. I mean, I said it like when I first started recording a podcast and doing a podcast or whatever you call it. I think that the Lions stick with Jared Goff at quarterback. I, I know they're going to have you know the Rams pick, which is probably going to be pretty high. They're going to have their own pick that's probably looking like the middle of the road unless they don't win any games the rest of the season. But, I mean, you're looking at a team that has a ton of talent. It's performing very well offensively, especially. I mean, Jared Goff had 338 yards and three touchdowns. He's the future of the Detroit Lions. Just put more weapons around him, improve the defense, you know, improve the offensive line. Maybe get one or two more wideouts or whatever. Put more pieces in place. Use those high draft picks to actually build up your roster instead of wasting it on a quarterback. And I think they'll find a ton of success and be a playoff team next year easily. I mean, they already might be a playoff team this year. So I, in the best interest of the Lions, I'll probably clip this out again like I clip out every time. Please don't draft a quarterback when the time comes. Rock with Jared Goff. He's proven that he can do it for you. So please, just fucking ride on Jared Goff, man. Just ride Jared Goff. Just ride him. Ride him. Ride Jared Goff to the finish line. And you guys will finally make the playoffs for once in your goddamn life, Lions. Sorry, I got an eye itch, but take my advice, Lions. I, I feel confident. I'll say it right now. If the Lions don't make the playoffs this year, Jared Goff leads to the playoffs next year. And he might even do it this year. I'm just, I'm riding the Lions. I love the Lions. I love Jared Goff. So, hopefully they do what I say. Last little couple NFL thoughts here. Talking about the teams that are just in an absolute blender of despair and agony and pain and suffering and Probably going to blow their heads off soon. The Titans, the Steelers, and the Bucks. The Titans, I mean, fire John Robinson, you know, then they have this embarrassing loss of the Jaguars, and it's just the fucking, I don't even know. It's it's sad. It's But for me, I'm like, the Titans are such a one-dimensional team. It's very obvious what they're going to do on offense most of the time. They don't have a lot of weapons at receiver. They don't have a top 15, maybe even top 20 NFL quarter, starting quarterback right now. Ryan Tannehill hasn't looked that good this year. Their defense is lackluster. At times, it's been good, but I mean, they've lost three in a row now. Obvious panic, hit the panic, but hit the panic button moment for them. They don't win next week. I I could see them falling out of the playoffs and even somehow losing the god awful division that the AFC South is. The Steelers, you know, I think it's time for them to just part ways with Mike Tomlin. You know, get a get a fresh voice in there, someone to come in and kind of just change things up. I mean, nothing against Mike Tomlin. He's been a very good coach for the Steelers for so long, but it's been it, to me. It's felt like the past couple of years the the team has gone downhill very quickly. You know the defense has tons of talent. They invest a lot of money into the defense, but the defense still isn't performing as well. Same, you know they put all that money in the defense. They need to put that money back in the offense. They need to find a way to create balance. And I think just that a new a new fresh face, a new fresh voice, would be something good for the Steelers organization as a whole. 
the Buccaneers, man, they're just, I mean, they got blown out by the 49ers. Like I said, I nailed that 49ers minus three and a half. So shout out me if you took that one. I should have fucking bet like a unit on it. I wish I had a unit to bet, but I would have. But Bucks are just not looking good offensively. You know, things aren't there. Defensively, things aren't there. I mean, you have 35 points to a rookie quarterback and only his first career start. I mean, yes, the 49ers have a ton of weapons, but still, that's not ideal for a Super Bowl contending team. But the Bucks, they got to get something figured out. A lot of talk about Tom Brady going elsewhere next year, but I don't even know if he should play anymore. But I don't know. When he throws a, I mean, he's putting game-winning drives together, so it's hard to tell and not knowing. We'll see what happens, but I think that they're in some definite, definite trouble here if they don't get it figured out. Might even miss the playoffs, and that division is horrible. So take one quick drink of water here. I got a little something to share. And it's just my thoughts. I got a little something to share. I got a little something to share. And it's just my thoughts. This week, I'm just sharing my thoughts on Dr. Anthony Fauci. You know, over the weekend, Elon Musk tweeted out, my pronouns are prosecute slash Fauci. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, bunch of blue check marks, bunch of Congress people, a bunch of who, what, what, who, what, they's, wins, where's, wiles, how, what, whatever you want to call them, people I have no idea who they are, are coming out and defending Dr. Anthony Fauci. And how would you say that about him? And my favorite one, this man is a national hero. Motherfucker, what? How is he a national hero, man? So many people have come out and found evidence and proof and how the lockdowns weren't good, how the vaccine wasn't necessary, all this stuff, all this stuff. There's a whole part of the country that doesn't agree with what Dr. Anthony Fauci was saying at any given point. But somehow he's a national hero. The fuck he is, man. He fucking, so many people are going to be screwed up because of the COVID lockdown. It was so stupid. Like, he didn't help us in any way whatsoever, in my opinion. Nothing that he did helped us. Nothing that he said helped us. He was just another rich white man in a position of power saying stupid stuff that probably he didn't even know what he was saying. But for some reason, people just thought it was right to take his advice. When so many people have come out and discredited him and said that all this stuff is it's not right. All the, I, just, I just don't know how you can look back on COVID and think that Fauci helped us through that. He didn't, man. I, I'm not vaccinated. I haven't had COVID. I'm probably jinxing myself. Knock on wood, but I haven't even had COVID. And it's been around for almost three years. How fucking serious can it be? So fuck out of here with the Anthony Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci is a national hero. Bro, stop dick riding. I don't know what you want. What do you want him to do? Fucking give you a check for a couple mil or like you come into his defense. It's not going to change who he is as a person. It's not going to. I'm going to change anything. The man's not a national hero. He didn't help us whatsoever through COVID. If anything, the guy's a fucking fraud. It baffles me. Baffles me. But that's today's show. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. You know, Send this to somebody who thinks Dr. Fauci is a national hero so that I can shit on him at the end and then they can hopefully DM me and we can have a little conversation. A little friendly, little friendly conversation. Figure things out. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Find me on all platforms, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, but I love you. But for now, your boy Titi's is out.